Mornings on SEN. Yes, indeed. Very good morning to you and welcome to Mornings on SEN and a happy new year to you. Um, hope this year is everything that you would dream and imagine and, and, and wish it to be. Only two days into the year and hope it's going as well for you as it possibly can. However you're putting it in, wherever you're putting it in today, it's great to have you on board. We're here for Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel. It is in stock now. Sam Hargraves with you. And hopefully, uh, my man um, who's with me riding shotgun. Well, actually, I should say I'm riding shotgun with him because he is the, the action attraction, the main event. Josh Jenkins, hello to you, mate, and a happy new year. Uh, good morning, Sam, and uh, happy new year to you and everyone who is joining us on the second day. But it's kind of the first day of the new year, isn't it? Because mm. yesterday's just a bit of a slumber, particularly as it, uh, as it was a Sunday. So... Yeah, yeah. Good morning to everyone. Just catching a little bit of NFL action up here in Swan Hill. We've had um, we've had forty degrees. Oh yeah, back to back to back days. But we've just had a thunderstorm come through. Nice and uh, and just it's dropped about sixteen degrees in five minutes. So it's quite pleasant. Are you a um? I love one of the things I love about summer is when a, a a really nice deluge of rain comes down. That big sort of heavy fat rain, and you can just stand out. Mm. In your boardies uh, or your budgie smugglers, whatever you're uh, inclined to go with, and just stand in like 30, 35, 40 degree heat as the rain comes down. I find that very, very uh, soothing. It is. It's uh, it's quite liberating, Sam, uh, standing out there. And the uh, the nice big raindrops on the hot dust up here in the Mallee is, uh, is, uh, is quite nice. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, just a nice aroma to it. Uh, our man, Benny Lyon, the city slicker, who's looking after us today, mm. would know. No. You'd just be thinking, what are these blokes talking about? But um, I, I'm absolutely with you. And, um, yeah, there's plenty happening up here. Most of it involves uh, absolute heat. And trying to deal with it, it's, that would be the toughest part, I think, of uh, living where you are at the moment. Yeah, it is, particularly with young kids who, who just who go out, who want to go outside, want to go to the park. So you say, all right, look, I'm going to teach you a little life lesson <laughs> early here. Yeah. We're going to go to the park. And you put them in the swing, and they go to the swing, and they just keel over because because it's thirty nine point nine degrees. Remember so. going down the slide on a hot day oh. in Wonder oh, while your learn. legs you've are burning. You've got to learn these lessons for yourself. You Sometimes do. you can only say so much and yep. tell them so many things, and say, "Well, look, words mean less. Let's go and action this." And they regret it each and every time. Uh, speaking of NFL, Benny Graham is going to join us at about 20 to nice. 10 to go through uh, this morning's games, and we'll go through some results at the moment. If you don't want to know live scores, uh, I'm not sure why you're listening to a sports station, but just out of respect and courtesy, I'll say earmuffs, and that's your uh, cue uh, just to mute us or um, put you know your fingers in your ears if you don't want to know. Uh, so earmuffs, uh, minute 37 left in the first, Minnesota and Green Bay, uh, as I was just about to give the score, went to an ad break. So 14-3, Packers are up 14-3 yep. over the Vikings. The Vikings have got the ball entering the red zone. This game's on fire too, as in uh, there's been a lot of trash talk between these yep. two teams during the week. So it's about to be 14-6, Packers are up. Did you watch any of the college games yesterday, the semifinals? Yes. How well, incredible were they? To, yes. Yeah, and TCU, uh, uh, sort of a, a, a bit of a minnow when it comes to the big dogs like Alabama and Georgia yep. and all these big schools. And they beat Michigan and advanced to the uh, to the college playoff uh, grand final. So, yeah, it was cool to see TCU get through. And then the, the Georgia 
Uh, a higher stat oh, game was incredible as well. My and heart breaks passion. for that kicker. My heart broke yeah, oh, for the oh, kicker. Yeah, well, uh, he'll be uh, in hiding for quite some time. There's a very good, um, a couple of good documentaries about those types of things that have happened in the past. But uh, yep. yeah, he'll be in hiding. And um, oh, I, I know the uh, the college players get paid these days, and they make a bit of money. And people say there's less passion. Well, you only had to watch those games yesterday to know that that's not true. Oh, as entertaining uh, a sporting spectacle as there is college football, because it's always big scores. I mean, the, the yep. one was 51 to 45, TCU beating Michigan, and the other one was 42 to 41, Georgia beating Ohio State, and the kicker a chance to to give Ohio State the yeah. win uh, with eight <laughs> seconds left and, and unfortunately missed. And a couple of targeting calls that didn't go uh, each of the losing teams' yeah. way, which are controversial yeah. as yep. well, but geez, they were thoroughly yep. entertaining to watch. Because it's all yeah. about putting points on the board in that in, in in college football. It is, yeah. They've they've made massive changes to college football to ensure it's an offensively biased game, which is the trend of world sport, isn't it? Mm. We we we're, we're aiming for the same in the AFL. We know not not 140 to 140, but uh, you know we want to see scores of 100 plus in all sports because people love scoring. We're seeing in the NBA teams regularly scoring 125 and averaging 120 this year. Some teams so. Uh, it's a common trend across uh, across sport. Uh, yesterday in the Big Bash, so uh, the Stars getting a win over the Scorchers. Actually, I better double check that. Um, I know I that, that was um, the day before, wasn't it? That was yesterday the uh, was yesterday was the yeah. Renegade. Yeah, that was the day before. Yesterday was uh, the Renegades losing their fourth game uh, in a row, which uh, that's not going well for them uh, at the moment. But then the Heat getting a much-needed win against the Sixers, putting the fifth-highest yes. BBL score on the board, 5 for 224. A second gamer in Josh Brown um, made 62 off 23, six sixes and four fours. Um, and then Nathan McSweeney in about his fourth or fifth game, 84 off 51, eight boundaries and three sixes. Just had me thinking, here's a, uh, here's a niche talk topic for us, JJ, before we get into the one we actually are going to roll with. Mm. The best ever second career games. Second. Well, how did you go in your second game? Well, funny you should mention that. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I thought I had it all figured out after my second game. And then yes. went in for my um, match review with Mark Bickley on a Monday. And he sort of said, hopefully there's a spot for you uh, for game number three. So um, uh, what I thought happened in the game and what he thought were two different things. But, um, yeah, uh, have you got one off the top of your head? I mean, 13 touches uh, and two goals for you. That's not a bad game in game number two. Four tackles as well. Yeah, a few tackles, Sam. I was always about the tackling. Oh, yeah, weren't you, Justin? Um, Synonymous. Uh, yeah, oh, second games. The only one that That's came to mind to me one. was a cricket one. Curtis Patterson in his second test made a ton. Yeah, but well, I'd, I'd have to go handy. and check, like, what did Jordan do in his second game? What did Magic do, like a LeBron, a Kobe, and those guys? Um, did anyone get three Brownlow votes in their second ever In their game? second game. Yeah, that's a good question. Did anyone get three Brownlow votes in their second game? Uh, people will know off the 40 Wings temper text, 0433981116. They will know for sure. Did anyone ever get three Brownlow votes in their second ever game? Matty Rowell? Surely. Yes. He got it in his first, second, and third, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. Uh, it was the Renegades losing to the uh, Scorchers yesterday uh, at Marvel. That was the game I was looking for in the double header. Uh, and, of course, was tonight he, was this, uh, is Hobart and the Strikers. Was, he, was it well attended, that uh, game at Marvel? Uh, yeah, I you think know, so. I, I think it was. The, the crowds have actually started to pick up. There was a good crowd at the Gabba. Mm. 
Um, there was a really good crowd at the Adelaide Oval. I think it was over 40,000 there for the New Year's Eve game. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been brilliant down uh, over there in Adelaide for that New Year's Eve game. I went to one of those five or six years ago. and It was 9,000 uh, at Marvel yesterday. I might have oversold it slightly. <laughs> Oh, gee. Uh, they've been getting good cr- The Renegades have got a couple of nice crowds. Well, yep. I mean, optically, I don't know about the number. Down in Geelong, I've seen a couple of those games down there at the Cattery, and they've looked like pretty decent sort of little yeah. following. So, yeah, they've been decent. Um, yeah, not bad. It's good so, to see. So if you know who played the best second game in history, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the 40 Winks temper text, you can text in 0433981116. Uh, consumer choice winner temper mattress, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. JJ, are you a uh, New Year's resolution kind of guy? You don't strike uh, me as one. I've got... No, I've got one for this year. I've got one that I genuinely... I've got one that I really... I, I don't think you should set the bar too high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But I think you should give yourself a little something to, to work on for the year. And I, I think I've had this one for quite some time. I've never really set my mind to it. But um, now that I'm going to go with it, I guess, in the public domain, I, I probably have to, uh, have to follow through with it. Uh, and which is? Learn how to tie a tie. <laughs> Hey, every well, we, uh, each goal is go... a worthy one. What Thank what's you. brought this on? So who's tight? So hang on. So every club function, every event that yeah, you would have yeah, gone to in your yeah. playing career, on someone else, weddings. Yep. Who's been doing it? Ah, uh, well, I've well, I mean, even more embarrassingly, in my family, just to pass the buck a little bit. Uh, I went to a. I just went to a you know Swan Hill High School. No, just the white polo at Swan Hill High. Um, my wife went to McKillop College up here in Swan Hill where they wear a tie every day. She doesn't know how to tie a tie either. She had Goodness her mum tied her tie the first first day of year seven. Her mum tied her tie and she never untied it until the end of year 12. Just rolled with the same tied up tie every day. So she's going worse than I am. But um, I, I don't know. There was always someone handy to tie the tie for, for me. What process will you be undertaking? To, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're going with a well, full Windsor. You need to learn the full Windsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm go- well, I'm not going to half learn a, learn a New Year's resolution or a new skill, am I? So, uh, and, and, and YouTube's no good to me because I've, I've been down that path a couple of times. So I think I might, well, is there, there'd be someone. I'm happy if to you went into a, a uh, someone can come over and teach me. If you went into a, a, a reputable um, menswear shop yeah. uh, that, that deals yeah. in... Suits and men's haberdashery, or whatever it is, um, yes. a tailor. Yeah. You, <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's actually the right word. Then they will surely be able to teach you, and but they'll have to do that. There'll be a little bit of um, there'll be a little bit of Chubbs Peterson teaching Happy Gilmore how to. There'll be a little bit of reach around because they'll have to reach around your shoulders to tie it up yep. in front of the mirror to help you uh, just yep. get it because you don't want to be doing it in the reverse. You've got to have someone. Yeah, that's right. So. Or- you see what I mean? Like, it sounds like a little, oh, well, that's all you want to do. But there's a bit involved. You've got to actually, you know, seek someone out, go and go down mm. there and have them put their hands on you and, and acquire the skills. So it's not as easy as it would seem. Yeah, it's not all in the hips, but it's there's you've, you've really got to learn the – you might even have to get uh, – people might even have some suggestions of a like a mnemonic device, a, way to, a little rhyme, a little song you can sing yourself to tie the tie, each step of it. Yeah, yes, yes, because that's – I sort of, yeah, I've had a few goes at it, but I, I, I feel particularly, you know, Cup Week was a, a little little troublesome for me. Um, oh, yeah, because you've been uh, going asking, to racing and bird yeah, cages yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the time has come for me at 33, soon to be 34, mm. um, wearing suits a little more often. The time has come for me to learn how to tie a tie. So that's my 2023 uh, resolution. Learn how to tie a tie for myself. All right. Well, that's JJ's New Year's resolution. On the other side of the break, JJ, you've been hard at work helping out each of the 18 clubs. And I've got a couple here just to chime in with, uh, with each of their New Year's resolutions. Uh, just before we go to the break and get into New Year's resolutions for your footy club, uh, Adrian McAdam kicked 10 goals in his second game versus the Bears after That'll kicking work. seven on debut. Um, Phil Hughes' second test, 100 in both innings. That's from Steve. Uh, that's going to be very wow. hard to beat, the late, great Phil Hughes. Uh, Paul Salmon went 3-3-3 three, three, and three in his first three games. That's from Ant in Mitcham. So there's very good nominations for the best ever second mm-hmm. game in history after last night uh, in the Big Bash, Josh Brown in his second BBL game. 29 years of age. Um, 62 off 23, six for the full amount and four boundaries as well. Uh, this is mornings, summer mornings in the new year. Happy New Year to you. Sam Hargraves, Josh Jenkins with you. New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs up after this. Mornings on SEN. Sam Hargraves, Josh Jenkins with you. You can call one 736 736 anytime on the open line for EFS. Delivering simple freight solutions. Josh Jenkins is personal. New Year's resolution is to learn how to tie a tie at the age of 33. Brent's 49 and still doesn't know. And number Beautiful. 779 is 55 and still doesn't know. Um, but, JJ, you have uh, diligently, and, and it's very nice of you to help out all the 18 clubs with what their New Year's resolution should be. And I might chime in with a couple here Good. and there. But let's just start rolling through for you. Uh, are, we start, are we going alphabetically with your old mob uh, first? Or you've, we'll, one we'll of your old mobs? Be, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to. Uh, let's start with the Mighty Crows. Now... In a sense, the resolutions are as much a need as they are a desire. Uh, Hopefully the two go hand in hand, Sam. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Adelaide's is get polished because they need... I think they've got a lot of things in place, the Mm. Crows. Just need a little more class and a little more uh, finishing touch. A little little bit more of that Midas touch at the end. So uh, more polish and more class. And... uh, if you were going to look for some class and polish, Isaac Rankin might be a good place to start. Not not, not wanting to put too much pressure on the young man, but no. he's a he's a very nice uh, place to start. No, I like those. And I would, just in with the Isaac Rankin theme, I would say that the news resolution for the Crows is to make sure that Darren Burgess makes sure that making a small forward their highest paid player doesn't bite them on the arse. So it would be get him into the midfield as quick as you can to get that return on investment. Yeah, I... I've I've said this on uh, on SEN a couple of times. I don't um, I don't necessarily think he or Josh Rochelle, who was an equally high pick um, last year, need to be uh, permanent midfielders. I just think they need to be around the ball. Mm. You can be you can be around the footy and around stoppages without playing as a midfielder. We've seen that with countless players. But um, even so, even Patrick Lipinski had a really good season as an extra midfielder, didn't mm. he? Yeah, uh, he starting did. as a forward and playing around the footy. That's all they need from Rochelle and Rankin because I don't think I don't think Isaac will ever be able to physically run through the midfielder. I just don't think that's his makeup. Uh, the other one I would say as a New Year's resolution is just delete Kane's number from Texas phone. I would have thought yeah, that would be yeah. right up there as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bumped into the big man. Oh, did Bumped you? into the big man the other day at a wedding yeah, and just just casually, can you just put the phone away after hours? <laughs> yes. And how was that advice received? Oh, he just gave me a big smirk and a wink and 
And I said, oh, you didn't send it anyone, apparently. So uh, you've got nothing to answer. You've got nothing to answer for, Taylor. Yeah. And he said, exactly right, Josh. Just, yeah, maybe just change the lock password on your phone <laughs> if you can't delete the number itself. Uh, what, about, uh, what about Brisbane? What's the New Year's resolution for the Lions? The speed bump, the speed hump. Got to get over it. They've tried yeah. to drive the car over the speed hump a few times. And I'll give them an enormous amount of credit for getting to the speed hump because there's a lot of teams who don't get anywhere near it. And they have, and with their acquisitions in the off-season, I've had a look at their uh, best 22 on paper a few times. They, they, they look Looks now. Good, I'm not they? one for, I'm not one for winning the off-season, but I tell you what, their best 22 yes. looks mighty impressive. Uh, so just get over the hump, get over the speed hump, and once you get over it, hopefully uh, the world's your oyster. So hopefully this is the year for Brisbane Lions fans. Hopefully this is the year. You know, they can they can really play with composure and, and do mm. the right things in big moments, kick accurately and those types of things. And Jack Gunston will help that a fair bit. And Josh Dunkley will help with that composure as well in terms of being um, a composed player, not necessarily the way he plays, but just his temperament. So hopefully that's what Brisbane can do. Yeah, they've got every ingredient. It's just about getting the recipe right, isn't it? And this so the resolution I had for them is a little bit like a prayer. And, and those who are uh, religious will know the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. This is thy will be done good. Uh, as Will Ashcroft, they would. If they said they would have played him last year, if they been had been able to pick him wow. up in last year's draft, uh, sorry, the year before's draft. So um, you're hoping that that he is the generational player that they hope for him to be. And the other thing for them, JJ, is ranked second in offense last year, but tenth in defense. So that defense just needs a little yeah. tweaking. Yeah, just just to, just get in the top six. They say you've got to be in the top four in both, but get up, get yourself into the top five or six. Yeah. And, uh, Ashcroft, what type of player? What, what sort of player are we expecting? What, how we how we expect him to go about? Or where are we expecting him to play? Is he going to be on the That's wing? The thing, Will he go through it? the middle? Yeah, is so. If Dunkley hadn't arrived, you would have thought that he might have slotted straight onto the ball. But will they expose him to that, or will they do something similar to what Collingwood did with Dacos and say, "We know you're going to be our number yep. one mid, but let's just get games into you and play off half back. You've got no other responsibility than just provide an option." Um, and we'll play through you and get the ball in your hands. Um, Matt Rowell, you know, those three Brownlow votes in the first three games, but then he's, even though he looked like he was physically uh, where he needed to be, but we know that young bodies may not be underneath what they look to be from the outside. So in, in the way that bones develop and muscles and all that. So will you expose him straight away into, mm. the, into the furnace or do you put him wing, um, half back, high half forward? So it'd be interesting to see how they, how they do that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No, um, it doesn't matter how, how impressive a young player looks physically. They're mm. almost always giving away size, and they are definitely giving away experience to, to older players every time they go and take the field. So that's why sometimes young guys can look good at the start, and then after 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 weeks, they just get worn down and worn out. Uh, and there is a Sam Walsh comparison with um, Will Ashcroft as well. Okay, well, that, um, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that hat's all right. Uh, how about Carlton for you? The New Year's resolution for the Blue Baggers? Nothing more than health for me. I was, uh, I was the number one ticket holder with the Blues last year, and they just simply lost too much talent from their best 22. They lost Wiedering for... A portion of the season, they lost midfielders all over the place. And in the end, they had mm. no midfielders at the end of the season. So that to me, to, to, from what I saw, and I was able, lucky to see them play a lot last year, their best last year was close to as good as I saw from anyone. They just need to be healthy. If they're healthy with another year in the uh, Voss system, I think the world's their oyster as well. So 
uh, just need to be healthy. Yeah, you got they've got to break their back to fix Sam Walsh's. Um, that's priority number yeah, that's one. that's a massive worry. It, I could smell that one. I don't think it was with you. I think I might have been on with Kane on breakfast. And when, sometime, when you've been in the system and you read uh, press releases, you can some words mean more than others. And when you say hasn't participated before Christmas, absolute alarm bells going off in my head mm. straight away. So, um, yeah, that's a major concern for, for Walsh and the Blues. Yeah, that, and look, Learning how to close out fourth quarters would be high on the agenda for them as well. And they're not the only team, but, geez, there was uh, round 22 and round 23 fourth quarters will um, be forever remembered, yep. uh, not for the positive for them. The other one is they've been given a lot of prime time games, JJ, for a team that didn't make the eight. They've been given a lot of plum spots. We know that they're one of the old big four clubs, and we know that they've, they've got a uh, big supporter base and everything like that. But you've, got to, you've been given prime time. You sort of need to show that you deserve to be there. So it's got to be a, another step forward for the Blues this year, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does, and I think it will be. I, I mean, their biggest, perhaps their biggest issue this year will be being able to deal with the weight of expectation because everyone, including the AFL and the, and the fixture makers and the, and the broadcasters, think that mm. they're going to be one of the top teams or the most watchable teams of the year. So maybe that's going to be their biggest uh, trouble is dealing with all that expectation. Uh, this summer, who play Who's Got the Power with Tire Power and SEN? Just guess the number of boundaries in each test and you could win a $100 ballpark entertainment voucher and a $100 Tire Power voucher. Place your guess now at ICanWin.com.au. Um, we're, we're doing your team's New Year's resolutions. If you'd like to throw yours up, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the EFS open line, delivering simple freight solutions, or you can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the 40 Wings temper text. Let's get to Anna in the newsroom. Thank you, Anna. Uh, Sam Hargraves and Josh Jenkins with you. Uh, mornings on SEN, uh, summer mornings or New Year's mornings, we'll come up with a title, but uh, we're with you until one o'clock this afternoon. And JJ, we're rolling out the uh, New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs and hoping for one three hundred seven three six seven three six to be the number for you to call to give us your New Year's resolution for your clubs. We're up to uh, the pies, JJ. What is the New Year's resolution for Collingwood? Uh, big Darcy Cameron to justify the decision to move on the big man, Big oh, BG Brody Grundy, no, no because pressure. no, well, it's not, and it's not Darcy's fault. No. I mean, he just needs to go about his business and do his thing. But from mm. a from a club and a list management uh, point of view, it's a it's a big decision, and I know there's finances involved and this and that. But mm. if Brody Grundy uh, lights things up as a as a Melbourne demon, whilst mm. the Pies are paying part of his salary and the Pies are having some ruck troubles, how's that going to go down in Magpie land? Oh, I wouldn't have thought favourably. Um, no, yeah, I wouldn't think like so broken either. Broken glass. So, so uh, mine for Collingwood is um, prove split ends wrong. Uh, the song History Never Repeats. Uh, you want to prove that wrong because if they find themselves in close games again this season, Collingwood, their record in close games last year was just insane. I mean, mm. it never been seen before. The, the you know odds tell you that it shouldn't, uh, but it did. So if they get in those tight situations again, has that game plan that they trained and uh, they worked on so diligently and so often of, of how to execute in tight situations, has that got another evolution? Because every team will have looked at it now and seen how they go about it. Um, when the whips are cracking, when the game's on the line, and when it's tight, and and, and it was like eleven games uh, in single digits that they won, um, coming back from, you know, how many points down, how many often, extraordinary. So they are, are trying to prove split ends wrong that history never repeats because logic would tell you that luck has to go against you at some point. So the yeah. the, 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 the numbers will tell you that 
or, or the belief would be this year that they'll slide down the draft because percentage was so low. Their, their, their ability to win those close games was what got them into the, the four. But can they do that again? That's going to be fascinating. It will be. It will be. And, and they're, a, they're, they're always a great watch, Collingwood. But mm. they were the most um, dramatic team of the season last year. I agree. And, and it's, uh, there'll be split decisions. And when the uh, pundits and experts start bringing out their, their predictions in the new year, now we're in 2023 and we uh, await the 2023 season, yep. there'll be people will have them second and people will have them 14th. Because, Absolutely. Not because they're Collingwood, just because of the way they played their footy last year and what people will like to believe. Yeah, and as Jared said last year, some things just cannot be explained. Uh, Kingy did a pretty good job explaining some of it statistically on what they do and how they um, structure up and set up and how they execute in those in those tight games. But it was just one of the joys to watch of last year, no matter who you barrack for. That time and time again they were able to find a way, and they create they were they were at, you know the catalyst, or they were at the forefront of some of the most exciting games of the year but as it's been pointed out off the text they lost their two finals by less than a goal as well so what worked so well in the regular season escaped them during finals so that'll mm. be the, the the next evolution of it as well yeah it will be it will be there'll be there's going to be you know we talk about Carlton and and the fascination with them or there'll be the same fascination with Collingwood and not not solely because they are big you know bigger teams and and have bigger followerships it's just purely because of what the unknown of what we're going to exp- or see from them going into the season. Uh, John's in Port Augusta who wants to ask a, a question. John, hello to you and happy new year, mate. Happy, happy new year, Sam. Josh, make it safe, fellas. All the, all the mighty SCN listeners, all the very best. Thank you. Supporters. <laughs> so, this on Port. Josh, I mean, um, you, you know what this town's like, this state's like and all the rest of it. You think the way... Port had gone last year and choking in the couple of finals and whatever else. The Crows have won the last three premierships the way they're carrying on. But um, what, um, where do you see Port Adelaide at? Yeah, you know, if I can ask you that, if, we can, if you can jump to them a little bit and all the rest of it. And do they have to make hay while the sun shines this year or is the window, window opportunity closing? What do you blokes think? Thanks, fellas. Um, good question. I think they've had a, I think they've had a, a bit of an each way bet because they've they've topped up with with really good talent, but the talent they've brought in is 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 largely quite young. Um, I I don't know, Sam. Well, what they're hard to get a read on. They've they've clearly they've clearly been thereabouts, and last year was a drop off. Now, one thing, and, and I experienced this as a player with Adelaide, you you can be in contention but not get there and then have a down year, it's so important that the decision makers at the club are able to really break that down and analyse that and think, okay, was that an aberration or are we starting to decline? Because we decided in Adelaide that we were just, that was an aberration. So we went again and then, oh, hello, this is two years where, and then all of a sudden you end up in a terrible position. So Port Adelaide have got a really interesting decision to make because they didn't blow it up and get a lot of kids but they did get a little bit younger. So they've kind of had a bit of an each-way bet as far as I can see. Yeah, so they bring in Willie Rioli, which meets a need as a small forward, which means that Connor Rosie doesn't have to go back there. Um, you've got to get Fantasia fit. So for me, it was all about their forwards being fit. Dixon's got to play the majority of the season. That's just crucial. Marshall needs to take another step again. But in and around that, where they had small forwards doing all the damage when they made that prelim two seasons ago, they just didn't have 
fit small forwards and when and they didn't have the output from those who did play those permit mm. positions. So they, they met one need by getting another midfielder in to share the load with Wines and Boak. And so Rosie's step up was a, a massive win for them last year. You're hoping that Horn Francis can now take his place in that midfield and therefore what you're only really... Because their defence last year was ranked, I think, fifth off the top of my head. So yep. we've got to get to a break and come back with Benny Graham. But that would be it for me, just to keep your forwards fit because that's what evaded them last year and that's what let them down. And an 0-5 start doesn't help you when you're trying to make finals either. But, mm. uh, so for me, it's all about the forward fitness. And Rosie, if he can stay in the middle and Horn Francis, you add in, it looks pretty good for Port, I think. I'd expect him to be in finals again. Mm. I'm not as I'm not uh, well again. I think it's a it's a great watch. I'm not quite as because uh, I think you're relying on things that you know are more unlikely than likely. I'm talking about Fantasia's fitness and Dixon playing a full season and this mm. and that. So yeah, good point. Uh, fascinating, fascinating. One three hundred seven three six seven three six EFS open line or 0433 We'll turn our attention to the NFL. Benny Graham to join us next on mornings. Mornings on SEN. Earmuffs, earmuffs. For those not wanting to know live scores, there is your cue to put your fingers in your ears. Earmuffs. Uh, NFL scores currently at the moment. Four games in progress. 49ers 14, Raiders 17. Uh, that's in the third quarter. Halftime, Jets 6. Goodness me. Seahawks 17. Uh, quarter 2, uh, Vikings 3. Uh, Green Bay 17 with two minutes left to go in the second. Um, second quarter action, Rams 10, Chargers 14. And then the next game and the last game of this week's action before Monday Night Football uh, tomorrow is the Steelers and the Ravens tomorrow, Bills and Bengals. Our man, Benny Graham, former NFL, former AFL star, host of the NFL on SEN. has been good enough to jump on the line. Benny, hello, mate. Good morning, Sam. Josh, how are you? Yeah, another great morning of NFL action. We've seen a few teams. Clinch their playoff berth. A few more teams eliminated. A couple of big games going on at the moment, which will determine where some teams will finish. But then, of course, we finish off this weekend with, I think we're all looking forward to this, the Bills at the Bengals. The Chiefs currently hold the number one position in the AFC. The Bills would like it. And the Bengals want to prove that they're up in that same echelon as the Bills and the Chiefs. So there's still so much to play out. Benny, what caught your eye the most this morning? I think this, you mentioned it, the Packers and, and Vikings game is probably the most dramatic in terms of there's still people who don't believe in the Vikings and there's a lot of people who wrote the Packers off and might be getting a little bit nervous. But what was the, the, the most dramatic storyline of, of a sport that we know is incredibly dramatic every week? Well, I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, without Jalen Hurts, they were 13-1, and one, looked a Monty to finish number one seed in the NFC, but they've lost their last two now. Jalen Hurts, hopefully he's back for the Eagles' sake. They still haven't wrapped up the number one seed, but the Saints went to Philly and did a number on them, really. 20-10 to 10 was the final result, but they were a better team than that, the Saints, on the day. Saints kept their slim playoff hopes alive, but there's so much riding on this Vikings-Packers game, and it reminds me of when the Vikings went and played Detroit. Detroit were on fire. They were at home and expected to win. Well, the same thing is with the Packers. So I'm not off the Vikings if they get beaten here. The Packers have had an extraordinarily good start to the game. 105-yard kickoff return, a pick six, and they've just scored their third touchdown thanks to Robert Tonyan. 
But if the Green Bay Packers hold out the Vikings here, it keeps their playoff hopes alive. They'll knock Washington Commanders out in the process and the New Orleans Saints, which will set up potentially the Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions next week to who will get that seventh seed because all other six seeds in the NFC are locked in. It just comes down to Detroit now who currently hold it and the Packers and the Seahawks um, are currently in front of the Jets. So the NFC is almost locked in. The AFC, well, the Patriots, if they had have lost this morning against the Dolphins, they would have been out of the playoffs. They managed to win 23-21. The Dolphins have now lost five in a row. They sit outside the playoff picture. So they've got a lot to play for next week when they face the Jets. But it's certainly, if the, if the Raiders lose, they're out. If the Steelers lose against the Ravens, they're out. And if the Jets end up losing this game against the Seahawks, they're out. So it's been a, mm. a fascinating morning. We did see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold off the Carolina Panthers to finally win the NFC South. So we know that's locked in. And we're going to see the AFC South decided next week when the Jaguars play the Tennessee Titans at home. So, oh, yeah, fascinating. I've nearly lost my voice. but And for all those that are still in the fantasy playoffs, in the championship, good luck to you. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire, I know. Very happy to have Austin Eckler as one of my running backs, so he's certainly mm. doing me a favour right now. Uh, Benny, I was speaking to Benny Graham, uh, former AFL, former NFL punter, host of NFL on SEN. Um, there's a couple of things that fans really don't like uh, in all sports, but in NFL specifically, they hate being beaten uh, by a team that has a quarterback that they got rid of. That's what's happening to the Jets at the moment. Uh, six plays 17 at half time in that game. Geno Smith is now the quarterback for the Seahawks. And they also hate the crosstown rival uh, making playoffs when they don't. So for the Jets, my Jets, your Jets, it's not looking good in the later half of the year. Um, they've got rid of Zach Wilson again, which I think is the right move. But the Giants are into the playoffs. The Jets are going to miss. Um, it's It started out so promisingly, but it probably teaches us that you can't rely on a defence to get you all the way to playoffs. It's an attacking league. Yeah, well, the Jets, look, they probably were before their time when they sat 7-4 and four at the end of Week 12. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, he was out of the team at that point. Mike White came in. But they lost Brees Hall, their high-drafted running back. They relied too heavily on their defence. They've now lost four in a row. I think there's good signs for them next year if they can find a quarterback that can settle in because I don't think it will be. Zach Wilson, but in terms of the Giants, it's the first time they've made the playoffs in six years. They did it the hard way, you know. They had to. Uh, they they had a good record, sort of midway through the season, you know, seven and two. But no one really believed in them. They went and lost four games in a row, but they now won two from their last three, and they've got their game back together. So the Giants, they won, they locked themselves into the playoffs. But for the Jets, like a number of other teams. You know, they'll just have to regroup, find a quarterback, and hopefully next year bring it all together. Benny, always a pleasure to catch up with you and appreciate the insights. You've absolutely laid it out comprehensively for us, and we, we greatly appreciate it. All right, Sam. On you, Josh. Enjoy the rest of Week 17.
Benny Graham, uh, former NFL star, the host of NFL on SEN. Uh, for Neds, whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We'll keep you up to speed on uh, all the NFL scores throughout the rest of mornings. And then for the hour of afternoons that you and I are doing, JJ, before we hand over to the team on SEN track to take you through the afternoon. When we come back, we'll keep rolling through the New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs. Josh Jenkins has done you all a favour with your New Year's resolution. You can add yours, one 736 736 or 04 Mornings on SEN. Uh, just after our NFL chat with Ben Graham, Miller from Mount Evelyn says, Morning, boys. I've been texting in about my Jags most of this year. Here we come. Can't wait for next week. Too many positives oh, to yeah. go through, but T-Law, Trevor Lawrence making much better decisions when it counts. Our O-line has improved out of sight. Now, young defence playing out of their skins. If we can get the win next week, we are six from seven and one of the form teams. Yep. Dare to dream. Uh, let's go Duval. Duval. I think that's the county. Right, Duval. okay. So they and are eight and eight uh, this yep. year. They haven't yet clinched a division and they haven't clinched a wild card spot just yet, but he's right, they are... a informed team and a 31 to 3 win against the Texans today. Uh JJ, we're doing our new year's resolutions for each of the 18 teams and we are up to Essendon. Essendon. How about a uh how about a uh universally uh, accepted sustainable game style? Is that what we uh <laughs> would would appreciate? Oh, is that all? Is that all? <laughs> well, no one seems to be uh, mm. seems to be happy um, uh, with what they've put out on the park over the past few years, and mm. we know the uh, the uh, the butt of the joke about the finals and all those types of things. So Brad Scott's in there, and uh, he's a professional coach. I know he'd been doing other things, but he's a coach, and uh, you'd imagine uh, his first. Uh, Port of Call will be just getting them a brand of football that everyone respects and is, you know, consistent week to week. Uh, I would go with the George Costanza statement, do the opposite. Because everything they've been doing for the last couple of years, well, last year, let's just stick with last year, everything they did, it went wrong. In every facet, not just mm. of their football, but as a club. Mm. Yeah. So whatever you did last year, do the opposite this year. And that might help you go a long way uh, to getting rid of that Twitter account uh, that's got the count <laughs> on it. But th- I should have got the audio for that. But that is essentially it. Do the opposite. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's probably fair enough. Probably fair enough. But, um, yeah, big year for the Bombers. Big year. Yeah. Big year for the Bombers. And this has got to be the other thing too. Reward the unrewarded running. A lot of the criticism of them last year was not just that they couldn't defend. It's that people believe that they didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Reward the unrewarded. Yep. I like it. Maybe I should have just said that. Uh, and this has come through uh, the Bombers New Year's resolution. Learn and execute team defense. Play yeah, to your you strengths go. and play uh, Mon- Moncara oh. from Ross. Uh, thanks for that. 0433-98-1116 on the 40 Winks uh, temper text. You can call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. In the next hour, Brett Phillips to join us. Uh, we'll... Continue on with our New Year's resolutions for each 18 teams. But now it's time for Anna in the newsroom. Mornings on SEN. 
Welcome back or two mornings, whichever category you fit into. Either way, it's just wonderful to have you on board. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us on the SEN Network, Sam Hargraves, Josh Jenkins with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon before we hand over to the SEN track team. Uh, in this hour, we will catch up with Bryce McGain, who's just not doing enough uh, at the minute. Uh, Brecky today <laughs> and uh, Sports Day as well coming up and uh, Big Bash tomorrow. So we just want to get his official ruling on Michael Neese's catch last night in the Brisbane Heat game. And we might even ask him, Josh Jenkins, if he can think of a better performance by a second gamer. Mm. Uh, because what we saw last night um, was one of the all-time great ever, greatest ever, second ever, ever games. Yep. Josh Brown, who uh, turned it on six sixes to go with four boundaries in his 62 off 23, just at a, a pedestrian strike rate of 269.57. But before we do all of that, JJ... Uh, and we, before we get back to your New Year's resolutions for each of the 18 clubs, um, this is the time of the year for tennis. And so for our next guest, this is really his Christmas. He is the voice of tennis on SEN, the host of the First Serve, our very good friend and colleague, BP. BP, hello to you. Happy New Year. Uh, good morning, uh, Sam, JJ. Uh, happy New Year to both of you. Um, yeah, shorts on. It's uh, hot and muggy, but looking forward to a, a big January. We've ticked over, but the tennis season has started, well, it's funny with the tennis seasons, it actually starts in the year that's just gone and sort of drifts into the new year, but uh, we're well underway. Yeah, we are, BP, we are indeed, and I hope you've uh, had plenty of sleep over the past couple of months and you've saved up the voice because we're going to use absolutely all that you've got over the next... <laughs> yeah, every next... ounce of you about to be milked. <laughs> Uh, and I hope negotiations were good because you were going to be a busy boy. Uh, I was watching the watching the uh, United Cup uh, and just just talk to me about the United Cup's a new ish format, is it? I mean, I'm, of course, uh, tennis is is a passing subject of mine, so uh, a new format, but one that seems to be um, popular enough. I've been watching Sydney and Perth, and there's been a bit happening. Yeah, I think, Josh, you know, when you bring a team element into a sport like tennis, mm. it's sort of just, uh, it's a point of difference. And uh, obviously we've had the Davis Cup, we've had the Billie Jean King Cup, the Old Fed Cup for years. These competitions have been going 100 years, but not much outside that. Now we've got a stack of cups. You know, we've got the Labor Cup. Uh, I mean, even the Hopman Cup is going to come back uh, in 2023, which was an institution in Perth. So the Hopman Cup was replaced by the ATP Cup just for the MEM, Hopman Cup used to be men and women, as we know, and then the United Cup has replaced the Hopman Cup, sorry, the ATP Cup, to bring men and women together. I mean, it is the one unique sport, I suppose, where you know we've got players uh, with equal prize money at the Slams playing at tour events together, the Slams and other big events uh, throughout the year, and when you actually bring them together. I think it's yeah, you know, it's fantastic. Uh, and the good part about all these teams, now they all vary. So we've got some superstars in the competition and we've got some no-names. So we're playing on a, the biggest stage they've ever played in tennis. But they're learning off the likes of a Tsitsipas or a, a Dimitrov or a Rafael Nadal. And the great part about this tournament is uh, it, it, the bench is mic'd up. I mean, tennis is, mm. as we know, a pretty lonely sport. You go to the chair at the sit-down, you figure out your problem even though coaching's been brought in a little bit more now, you haven't got the coach sitting out there with you. You go to the bench here. I think Tim Hemman, uh, the, the great Brit, he might have been paid a bit extra because he is brilliant and uh, he is vocal and you can hear everything that's going on with him and player and you can hear the entourage at the back. I mean, Rafael Nadal just you know, pops over the shoulder of a younger player and 
not that I can understand because he's talking in Spanish, but he would be giving some wise words, um, you know, about the game plan and everything else. So probably saying, "Don't ask me about retirement, BP." <laughs> no, <laughs> no, exactly right. Uh, the crowds have been a bit mixed. I think, you know, us as Australian tennis fans, you know, obviously want to go and see the Aussies when they're playing, or we'll have a particular name that you know, I'm getting to that match. Uh, but they're not going to necessarily turn up to every single tie of the United Cup. So we've had some good crowds and we've had some crowds that have probably been a little bit ordinary. But, yeah, I think it's a competition that is certainly here to stay. Uh, PP, uh, the coaching element or the angle was what I was going to ask you about, and you touched on it a little bit. How long has it been in for? I mean, it's always seemed backward to me that, as you said, a, a tennis player would have to go out there and compete on their own and it was forbidden to get any instruction or assistance or encouragement from 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 your uh, from your coach and your team. So has that been well accepted across the tennis community with 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 coaches being allowed to have some level of input? No doubt, Josh. Yeah, it's really come in the last twelve months. So you would have seen previously over the years, uh, well, the WTA brought in a rule for the women where the coach could actually come out at the end of the set and actually sit there. It was probably more theatre for television. It was normally a fairly negative uh, conversation because it's at the end <laughs> of a set. It's not sort of you know, while live live play is sort of unfolding in the roller coaster of a set. Now, the both the men and the women, uh, as long as the coach is at your end of the court, uh, a point's being played, they can uh, have some dialogue with you. If you're at the other end of the court, they can't be yelling from uh, all the way down the other end from the player box. So, I think the player likes it, but every player is different too. I mean, some players don't like. They're so used to figuring out their own problems in tennis. They don't want too much input and too many voices. Uh, so I think it depends on the player. And the coach obviously knows his player really well to know, you know, what, what sort of level of dialogue to give. BP, it's been um, a, a, a fascinating watch from an Australian point of view with this United Cup. Um, in amongst uh, some phenomenal performances from Jason Kubler, uh, there's been controversy. We've spoken at length, unfortunately, about Nick Kyrgios pulling out on the eve of and what that started now with the back and forth between he and Leighton Hewitt. But Isla Tomjanovic has pulled out again. Um, what's the latest with her and what's the story behind this? Mm. Well, she's uh, certainly telling us, uh, Sam, that she's got a knee issue. I mean, this is, this is the thing. I mean, she played a huge year, uh, a couple of Grand Slam quarters. Yep. Uh, small off-season to just recover, recuperate. She played in the Billie Jean King Cup, which is, what, at the end of November? So not a lot of time out uh, for Isla. And she probably wasn't really cherry ripe to go. I mean, she put her hand up to be part of the team. But the biggest carrot right now is the Australian Open, and you want to be right for that. So the players in these lead-up events, and we've seen it traditionally over the years, they will take a very conservative view. Once they get into the season, yeah, they're playing with niggles, they're playing with issues. They just want to keep playing because they're chasing wins, they're chasing rankings points in, in the guts of the season. But right now, they want to make sure they make their best impression at the Australian Open where it's rankings points, it's prize money to you know, really get your, get your year rolling. So we can only take her on uh, face value. Um, and we'll see, you know, as this United Cup unfolds this week, we might see some other players... Yeah, you know, they do get a niggle or two, take a very conservative view, and that's why there's eight players in all these squads, and it looks like most of the teams are probably going to go through and use you know, just about every player. BP, once we get to the big dance, uh, what, what, type of, what type of reception are you expecting for Novak Djokovic? Because I saw the, his team or someone from his camp come out and say that they were uh, a little concerned about the reception he'll get. Do you think he'll, be, he'll, he'll, he'll cop 
um, the uh, I guess the the negative side of things whenever he plays in the Australian Open. Yeah, I'm as fascinated as anyone, really. Uh, I suppose we'll get a bit of a taste in Adelaide, and he's, I think, scheduled to play in the night session tomorrow night. He's the top seed. It's a huge drawcard for Adelaide. We've got eight top ten players the next two weeks for the Adelaide International at the beautiful uh, drive next to the Adelaide Oval. It looks uh, it's unrecognisable, the facility. So it's, it's a great spot, very popular with the players, and we'll get a feel there what sort of reception ahead of the Australian Open. I mean, I think... I think most. I mean, I think the Australian sporting crowds are generally pretty good. They they love the champions. They respect the champions. Yes, they're not. They haven't got this endearing sort of uh, love for Novak, apart from his fanatical Serbian supporter base. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't that adulation, uh, but there is respect. I think for what he's actually achieved in the sport and for the mm. athlete that he is. So let, let's just yeah. See, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest. Maybe yeah. it's <laughs> put it out there on the text or the calls and. I'm sure there'll be maybe, uh, yeah. I, I imagine there might be a, a disruption or two, but to what extent, I don't know. Daniel Medvedev might have helped him out with his low IQ bar, but uh, Melbourne uh, and Aussie tennis fans last year, so that could just take a little bit of the pressure off Novak. Um, I want to play some audio, BP. Uh, this was Rafa Nadal because the, the the general belief is that this might be the last time we see him um, at the Australian Open. And he was asked about retirement after losing his United Cup match to... Uh, Cam Norrie. Yes. Yes, uh, Cam Norrie. Uh, had it written down. I just couldn't find it. Uh, this was what Rafa had to say when he was asked about retirement. For me, uh, I lost my match. That's, that's it. No. Uh, every time that I'm coming to a press conference, it seems that I have to retire. <laughs> so you are very, very interested in my retirement. So, I mean, that's for the moment is not the case. When the day, when this day arrives, I'm gonna let you know, guys. But don't keep going with the retirement, but because I'm here to to keep playing tennis. <laughs> what did you make of that interaction, BP? He was said through a bit of laughter, but the last line is interesting one. Uh, basically, asking journalists to stop asking him. Yeah, well, it's gonna obviously be an ongoing, uh, you know, topic for the journalists. It'll hand him a little bit just with his age and. You know, his body and the concerns, um, you know, coming into another year physically, he's now become a dad, so life has changed. I I wouldn't write him off from going on another year. I mean, I, we thought Nadal was done probably uh, three or four years ago with those banged-up knees. Uh, he is the ultimate warrior, and his preparation is second to none. I mean, it's, it's difficult for Rafa to play a full tennis season because of his game style, the physicality, the wear and tear on that body. So he's got to, and he can afford at his level where he sits. He can be very selective with his scheduling. Uh, but gee, no one picked him to win the Australian Open uh, last year and he, and he got off the canvas and, and did that. So yeah, I think he, he still loves the game. And you know, this rivalry with Djokovic and jockeying for position for the most majors, I don't think he would just want to bow out right now while he's still uh, capable. Yes, he's a step slower. Uh, yes, these young guys are coming after him, and the reaction time is uh, is minimal now. These guys are pounding the tennis balls back at Nadal. Uh, so Rafa's trying to finish points certainly a lot quicker than he used to uh, because he knows he can't go toe-to-toe uh, with these younger guys who are playing at an unbelievable level. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a definitive time um, but I can see Nadal retiring at this stage. Uh, it all shapes up to be a fascinating and a full-on summer of tennis, and that's exactly how we like it, BP. It should be a memorable one as well. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you during it. Thanks for your time this morning.
Thank you, Sam. Yeah, United Cup, uh, Adelaide International on the screens of nine uh, today. Thanasi Kokonakis back in Adelaide tonight. So let's hope he can recreate some of the magic uh, of last year. Yeah, the defending champ was a great story of last year. Hopefully he can uh, create the first big story, the first real positive story of, of this year. Brett Phillips is the voice of tennis on SEN. He's the host of the first serve. Uh, and we will be hearing from him on the regular during the tennis season. Thanks, BP. Uh, you can call us one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the uh, EFS open line. You can text in on the 40 Wings Temper Text. Consumer choice winner temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. That number is 0433 The number to call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. When we come back, Josh Jenkins and I will continue to roll through the New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs ahead of season 2023. On mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it's in stock now. Mornings on SEN. Sam Hargraves and Josh Jenkins with you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number for the open line for EFS, delivering simple freight solutions. You can text in on the 40 Winks Temper Text. Mornings is for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. Earmuffs. If you don't want to know the live sports scores, earmuffs. Uh, Minnesota, the ten, the 12 and 3 Vikings are trailing 3 to the 7 and 8 Green Bay Packers, 27, with eight minutes to play in the third quarter. Not going real well uh, for the Vikings at the moment in that one, JJ. As we work our way through the New Year's resolutions for all 18 teams, uh, off the text, Essendon need to get rid of the puffy shirts and get fit. Now, that's a, a Seinfeld reference after I said that Essendon's New Year's resolution should be the George Costanza approach and do the opposite of everything they did last year as a team and as a club. Do the opposite. Um, where are we up to? Fremantle. Uh, yeah, and and for what it's worth, the fitness stuff, I think, is largely a nonsense. Uh, it's largely really? a nonsense. Yes, it's... The, 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 you, if you're not fit, generally it's because of uh, injury-interrupted pre-seasons, not just the person and people running the show have got no idea. They're all world-class uh, preparers of athletes and the players are largely very diligent. I think that's a little overstated, uh, that fitness stuff. But anyway, that's just my view. Um, Fremantle, uh, Action Jackson need to... Uh, we're all a little interested, like we are with the D's, and we'll get to them soon. We're just a little interested in terms of how they're going to utilise and use their new weapon, Luke mm. Jackson. So, um, Are they going to try and Swiss Army knife him, are they? Like, he can play everywhere. Yes, potentially, and that's the beauty of him. But I think that's also uh, going to bring about some potential frustration with an inconsistency in performance because yes. just because he can play... Uh, as a midfielder because he's extremely athletic doesn't mean it'll be a success. Uh, there He'll be going up against midfielders who do this for a living mm. and uh, he just rolls in there and does it every now and then. So uh, there's a bit to play out there with Luke Jackson, but uh, I'd rather have him than not have him. Fremantle have got him and uh, it's up to them to work out how to utilise him best. So that's probably their uh, resolution is working out how to use the former D. Yeah, mine for Fremantle is remember that there is more to footy than just defending. Um, so they were a top four ranked defence last year, uh, but they have to focus on the offensive side, goal kicking. So they were equal 14th for game goals oh, okay. per game. Yep. They had the second worst accuracy in the competition at around 45%. Yeah, well, Only North Melbourne had a lower accuracy. But here's why it's even worse for Fremantle to be where they were with goal-kicking goals per game and goal-kicking accuracy. They were eighth for inside 50s 
So they're getting it in there, mm. JJ. They just can't finish it, and they just can't capitalise on it. And they lose Rory Lobb as well, who who had a very good season, very fine season last year. And yes. Was one guy who could jump up and, 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 uh, and grab the footy from high in the sky. So, yeah, that's um, a couple, maybe you, know, you get a bit skewed, don't you? When you, mm. you call more games than I do. But I did Fremantle games a couple of times last year, and I thought they looked quite dangerous in the front half with a lot of smalls and lob looked okay. Tabin has sort of fallen to the wayside a little bit. They even went away from him late in the season. Tracy they, and, and Amos look um, uh, likely. Not, I haven't seen enough from Tracy to think that he's going to have a – I think Tracy can be a really good mm. bruiser and a really good competitor. Yep. Um, but it takes more than that to, to be a, a sort of an influencing um, forward, t- tall forward. So uh, he's very young, so it's did, a bit hard. Did you but... like the look of them, though, when they were, you know, Michael Fredericks getting out the back and Switkowski buzzing around and yeah, Banfield the, too? And yes, yes. They're smaller operators. Um, yes. Yep. Are really dangerous. And then Michael Waltz has still got great footy left in him. Yeah, that's the element that, that, that excited me. And maybe Lockie I saw Schultz them against, was the guy I'm looking for as well. Yes, yep. I saw them against St Kilda when St Kilda were pretty um, good in the first half. And then the Smalls got up to halfway and they all charged back to goal. Mm. What they do with Fife is interesting as well because oh, his days it? around the ball are Did probably limited. Does anyone take a better preseason photo than Fife? They just paused at the right time. Yeah. Where there's they? veins just ri- He looks like he's about to be the body double for Chris Hemsworth. He is yeah. ripped. Yeah, quite incredible. Uh, he that was a quite incredible. I do know the photo you're talking about, but uh, my wife was quite keen on it. A little too keen on it, to be to be to be fair. Just a little yeah. bit too keen on the photo, but um, that's okay. I don't look like that, and he does. Uh, Roy from Templestowe wants to talk about the Dockers. Roy, what's the New Year's resolution for you for the Dockers? G'day, guys. Happy New Year, Sammy and uh, JJ. To you too. Likewise. Um, just uh, I wanted to know the the. Uh, the spine of the Frio Dockers from the last, from pretty much what you guys think of of their spine from like since they were made into the AFL, um, and if you look at the team now, I don't think any of them are in there. Maybe Fife, but not uh, not right now. I think they need more key spine players um, to get them yeah over the line and get him into a grand final and make them potential uh, grand final winners. Yeah, I probably agree with that, Sam. That kind of speaks to, we're talking about the fact that we like the smalls, but uh, sometimes mm. that can be looking for an area that we are happy with because of the, 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 the potential um, uh, downfalls or, or, or negatives in terms of their tall guys. But, uh, well, I and like they lose they, Logue too. They lost Logue too. Yeah, well, yeah. and he's the one. Oh, that, 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 uh, yeah, I didn't I like that. There's probably they lost a financial element. There's probably a financial yep. element, but... Ah, uh, he 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 um called him the sneaky best athlete in the AFL, but um mm. I like I like him down back, and clearly North Melbourne are going to play him down back. Um, I like their their defensive stocks. They came down to Geelong and uh, and gave us a, a nice beating early in the season. And uh, Luke Ryan's an excellent player. Brennan Cox is a good player. Alex Pierce takes those big guys, but yeah, it is at the other end where they need to find some uh some 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 tall guys who possess the ability. You know, Tabin has always found it hard to kick his two goals a game. Uh, you know, Lobb this year probably kicked more goals than he ever has, but they, they, they've always struggled to find tall guys who can, who can just find a way to kick 40 for the season. 40 for the season is less than two a game. It sounds easy, 
but they've struggled to get guys to kick 40-plus um, during a season, and they certainly look to be lacking in that department again moving into this season. Yeah, I think it was a massive credit to them that with very little Fife um, and losing Chera, that they actually had a pretty decent year in the midfield as well. I mean, what Brayshaw was able to do and winning the the the, uh, the Lee Matthews medal for the, the, the players' MVP, yep. uh, but also I love Caleb Sarong. Love him. Um, they are a little small in there. So Will Brody yeah, was are, a, Will yeah, Brody yeah. was such a crucial get for them because he gives them the bigger body. It'll be fascinating to see how they operate together in Fife and Brody if Fife is fit and goes back into the middle more often than he's out of the middle. So you talked about what they'll do with Fife. I'm fascinated to see how they get that to work because Brody essentially got given that opportunity because no Fife was there and he had yeah. a brilliant year. Yeah, it'll be and to see what he can do for an encore will be fascinating. What they do with Fife because Fife just doesn't uh, move in sync with the forward line. He's not a natural forward. He just wins. Uh, yeah, he's wins got a license because he's, yeah. he's a freak. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a physical freak. Fly third um, man up, float across the. Yeah, you know, all that. A little he and he and Danger are similar. Don't have natural forward craft, but are just absolute physical specimens and can overpower mm. people. Uh, David Mundy, I probably would have been happy for him to go around again. I mean, the, the Freo guys know a lot more than you and I do, but I would have, because of the fact he's a big body and you yep. can put him around the ball. But um, I thought they had a good year. Jordan Clark, of course, as well. He went from Geelong and to Freo and he had a really good season. Yes, he so did. There's a fair, there's a fair bit there for the Dockers. There is. Uh, the New Year's resolutions for all 18 teams are only up to Freo, so you can get involved. one 736 736 at any point. Melbourne's weather today, currently 27 degrees. A few storms predicted later today uh, after an afternoon cool change is expected. That's for City Power supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Anna, over to you, please, with the latest news. As we work our way through the New Year's resolutions for each of the 18 teams. Thank you, Anna, uh, for the news. one um, 736 736 the number to call on the EFS open line, delivering simple freight solutions, and you can text in on the 40 Winks uh, temper text, 0433981116, temper, a mattress like. Now, other, JJ, the other thing as we just finish up on Fremantle is, um, and Benny Lyon just uh, reminding us of this, that when it comes to their midfield, the other interesting watch is going to be what impact can and will Jaeger O'Meara have after the yes. Hawks moved heaven and earth to get, get him and then get rid of him. Um, he was the first ever person taken by the Suns, if memory serves, in that 2011 mini-draft. Um, where His body has not done for him what he would have hoped with mm. knees and, and, that over, and the like over the journey and then soft tissue in, in recent years. If he's fully fit and firing, what, what can he be for Fremantle? Um, well, look, whenever you say if someone is fully fit and firing because – and you say that because the history says suggests that they're not. I think it's always foolish to to to, to plug them in and expect that. He probably comes as uh, not cream, but he probably comes as a as a as a bonus in terms of when mm. he's out there. We know that he's going to be a really solid contributor. He's going to find the ball twenty five or so times. Uh, he's he's still generally pretty good in terms of metres gain. He finds the ball and, and moves it forward. That's probably what I'd encourage uh, him if I was uh, Justin Longmuir's. Just every time you get the ball, try and use the burst that you still have and yep. get the ball going in our direction because he still has that capability. He'll be another standard setter on the track too at this time of the year in a pre-season. Well, I mean, he'll certainly look the part, no yeah, doubt about that. Incredibly hard worker. Um, we're going to skip ahead just a little bit here. Marking Quakers Hill... Um, who we know is a, a dyed-in-the-wool uh, Sydney swan man. Uh, Mark, hello to you. Happy New Year, mate. 
Good morning, guys. Happy New Year to you, good tools. What have you got Likewise. for us? New Year's resolution for the for your Swannies? Well, New Year's resolution, uh, crank up the uh, fervency and support in the Swans, but I'd just like to get your two guys' opinion on how you think the Swans are going to do in 2023 because I think we've got a great mix with new, young, fast-skilled players and experienced veterans like Buddy. Yeah, um, size around the side. We spoke about this with, uh, was it Frio? Um, size around the pill. Mm. Some, uh, they don't have a lot of, you know, Luke Parker's a strong body, but he's not a big body. Um, the young man, who's the young gun that wears number one with the, uh, what's his name? Um, Chad Warner. Star. Chad Warner. Chad Love Warner, Chad Warner. Da- David's cousin. He is, <laughs> he is a, he's an outstanding player, but he's, he's slight. He's not a big guy. Uh, Robottom's not big, but he plays. He's he very plays tough. Tough, yep. But again, again, and these are young players. Two of the three I mentioned are young players, and a lot of the guys that 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 really helped them catapult this season. Um, good kickers, but they're all skinny and small. When you come up against big bodies, time and get, time and time again, it can take a toll. So, oh, I, I thought there might have been a space for Sydney to go and acquire a. a, a a, um, a, a sort of a, a mature, a seasoned midfielder to help that group, to help them along. I know Parker's still there. Kennedy goes out and, and retires. I just thought there might yeah. have been room for them. Um, I mean, we'd expect them to just continue to be, you know, top three, top four, top two. Who knows? I, I'd expect them to yep. continue um, moving forward. What they get from Buddy will be a bit of a watch and um, whether Sam Reid can be certainly overtaken by Logan McDonald. I think internally the Swans would hope for that. Um, so, yeah, they'll, 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 be, they'll be interesting. But I'd, I'd expect them to be incredibly hard to beat in Sydney and always capable of beating some good teams on the road. Yeah, I'm a big Chad Warner fan. I, I, I think that you would be – it would be a nice little uh, – always, always responsibly, of course, but just have a look at him um, in terms of – he was a vote getter oh, last year uh, at $26 at the moment for the, for the Brownlow, and, and, I, and, I, and I like the look of that. The thing for Sydney is they just can't afford to be the Giants, Port Adelaide, or the yep. Western Bulldogs, who have just capitulated after capitulating. Yes. Yeah, yep, but if yep. they want inspiration at how not to um, respond to a, a grand final drubbing, they just need to look to themselves. Uh, 2014, they got smacked by yep. the Hawks in every facet of the game. It's some of the best football I've ever seen played, what Hawthorne did to Sydney in 2014. But the year after, Sydney were top four. So yep. that's that's got to be their inspiration and their motivation to not allow you know, the mistakes of other teams that have, have been humiliated on grand final day to define them going into the next year because they, they haven't let it once. And I, I know it's with a different list, but there's still some of those players around, but they can't do it this year. Um, yeah, and, you, and that'll be their inspiration, their motivation to to do what they did in 2015. Yep, trust yourselves, and I think their youth will help them in that space because when you're a little bit older, you think, "Oh, gee, was that our last chance, or was that our last good chance?" But perhaps the what you don't know, what you don't know, you don't know will hurt, will help the uh, the Swannies because Warner and Robottom and uh, even Heaney's not an not an old guy. Like these young no. stars that they've got, will just think, "Well." Wait. That's all right. We'll keep. Nick Blakey seems like the type of young man who thinks, well, we'll be there every year. Yeah. And in this case, that'll help them. Dylan Stevens, I think, will take another step and could be. Yep, and, and like I, him. I'm fascinated to see how he's he, little, though. But is he little? I mean, what's he, I haven't got his height in front of me, but I'll find that out. But um, I, he could put some size on. Does Heaney spend more time in the middle? Would be interesting. 
Um, they, nah, I think they need him in. The, they need him inside fifty because he's one eighty four, Stevens. Yeah, I'd, he'd be in the seventies though for weight. Um, and I'm talking about I'm talking seventy nine kilos last year, so he's got to get that up, I suppose. The guys yeah. that are um, he's going against uh, the mid set they're going against these days are closer to ninety than they are eighty. But um, yeah, I like the Swannies. I like the Swannies. Um, ben and Lyons got break written in size eighty eight font, so I guess that means we better get to a break, Sam. <laughs> we will. Um, Bryce McGain's <laughs> going to talk to us about that catch and whether or not it should have stood. In the big BBL clash last night, the Brisbane Heat getting a win over the Sydney Sixers. We'll talk to Bryce about that and uh, a bit more in the cricket uh, vein. And we'll continue on the news resolutions for all 18 clubs. This is mornings for the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech drive the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. Mornings on SEN. Stekety coming around the wicket, though, with a change. 26 off 11 balls. Silk on strike. That one was wide outside off stump. He's hit that down to... Oh, no! What's, hang on, what's happening here? Is it out? Wait on. So he's hit this wide of deep net off. The fieldsman down there has caught it <laughs> inside the this... boundary, has gone over the boundary, thrown it in the air... Whilst he's over the boundary, caught it, threw it back into the air again while his feet were off the ground, I think. Yes. And has caught it in the field. Can he throw it twice? Well, I think that's going to be the issue. I'm not sure. I'll have to get my MCC laws of cricket out. I've saw, saw Matt Renshaw do this before, and I'm pretty sure this is out. So if his feet are planted when he takes the catch again outside the rope, it's six. So if he makes the first contact from where he jumped inside the rope, and then when the last contact is made, he's back inside the rope. It's out. So as long as when he threw it up a second time, these feet were in the air, yes. the last point of contact has to be back in. So when he's outside the boundary rope, when he takes the ball again, his feet must be in the air when he throws it up again. Effectively, he could throw it up 300 times if, as long as his feet are in the air. Uh, extraordinary scenes at the Gabba last night for the Heat to get uh, their second win of the year, I reckon it was. They posted the fifth highest BBL score of all time, five for 224. They bowled the Sixers out for 209. That was a pivotal moment in the clash as Jordan Silk, who was uh, on 41 at the time, was caught by Michael Nisa, who jumped up into the air, took the catch, was going over the rope, threw it back up in the air, landed, jumped back up into the air, took possession of the ball again, threw it back into the field of play, stepped over the rope back into the field of play and took the catch. And the question for our next guest, test cap number 410, Bryce McGain, our resident BBL expert, who's not doing enough work at the moment, given he did breakfast, we thought we'd get him back for another little session. Uh, Bryce, is that a catch? Should that have been paid? Good morning, Sam and JJ. Uh, Technically, yes. By the letter of the law, yes, but doesn't it seem ridiculous that you can be outside the field of play, as long as your feet aren't on the ground, you can literally, like the commentator said, you can touch it 300 times. So you could run up um, and end up in the seat and keep bobbling the ball, as long as your feet don't hit the ground, and then you bring it back into the field of play and take the catch. It seems crazy. I loved it. I I loved it. I think it's brilliant. I think it adds an incredible element to it. There's no way they change that rule because why would you make the game less exciting? No sport's going to do that anymore. I thought that was um, one of the moments of the year, uh, and I loved it. What do you reckon, JJ? No, I don't think it should be out. You you can't... (laughs) 
you can't be uh, establishing yourself uh, out of bounds and still being able to participate in the game. That's my view on it. I think it's. I think you uh, you can do it. Of course, from uh, the infield of play, throw it up and then go out and come back and establish yourself. But um, I don't think you should be able to do that. I hadn't seen it. I just had a look on Twitter. Thankfully, Twitter, if we lose Twitter, I'm in big trouble. But uh, <laughs> I had a look on Twitter, and um, and I don't think you should be able to do that. But, with Bross, with the, the way that it's as the law states, so he took the ball inside the rope, was going to go over, so did everything necessary to keep the ball live. Now, if he had a touched the ground with the ball in possession, if he had a touch, if he had a launched from with a foot on the Toblerone, uh, the rope on the ground, then it wouldn't have been paid a catch, but technically kept the ball up in the air and was able to work it back into the field of play uh, and complete the catch. So it's, I, I don't know why it's been seen as controversial as maybe some are because to letter of the law, it's, it's a catch. And this is what happens when we bring the rope in rather than use the fence. If he had have been touching the fence and taking the catch, it wouldn't have stood. Um, but if he had have jumped up off the fence uh, and took taken it cleanly with nothing touching the fence, then it would have been a catch. Yeah, it, it's a real quirky one. I, I think it's um, nearly like a double dribble in basketball. Let's call it that. You can't do it all off the ground and keep jumping in the air until you then work it Why out. Why not? How in. fun I is that? One go at it. I reckon you get one go at it and get back in. Or she's no catch at six runs. Uh, what did you make of the performance last night of the Brisbane Heat? They needed a win. They got one. And it was guys who were all frantically Googling Josh Brown in his second game, 62 off 23, six sixes. And Nathan McSweeney, and I think his fourth or fifth game, 84 off 51 with eight boundaries and three sixes. Um, that's a look at the future, perhaps, for the Heat. Yeah, it is. Nathan McSweeney, um, a, a, a Queenslander, but has gone to South Australia and really just got himself going. Um, he, he's performing really well in list A and also first-class cricket there early in his career. But both those guys, and they were just... Uh, Max Bryant, they did change, and they swapped uh, to put Josh in there. But um, then with Matt Renshaw going out to the, the national team, that, that's where Nathan McSweeney gets his chance. They, they haven't had a look in for the whole tournament to this stage and it's amazing what happens when the the guys below with no fear of failure just go out and take the opportunity and bat with complete freedom that they have reignited the heat if you like who are that they were they were really stinking it up on the bottom of the table they had Mm. they were one and four after five games um they were all over the place and they didn't look like they had any shots to fire these two newcomers have just reignited them. And I think they're going to give a lot of confidence to the older players to say, hey, just play with the freedom. You need to have that in T20. They look stodgy. They look like they, um, you know, they're worried about outcomes. That's how they look like they were performing. I don't know whether they actually were, but it looked like all of those negative type thoughts were in their mind when they were trying to play. Too hard to do that in T20 cricket. And these two young guns have uh, really ignited them. It's awesome. Uh, Bryce, uh, how good was it to see, you know, almost a packed house uh, in Adelaide for the New Year's Eve game? I think mm. over 40,000, Sam said earlier. Fantastic to see, you know, the, the, the league has been having its troubles, like most sports, with uh, the attraction of spectators. We've got a crosstown rivalry, a showdown between uh, the Stars and the Renegades tomorrow night. Uh, what sort of a crowd can we expect? Uh, are the Melbourne folk going to come out in force for this one? Will we get a, a, a good crowd at the uh, at the G, the home of cricket? 
sounds like you're setting a bit of a challenge for this derby and whether mm. the Melbourne people can really hold the, the mantle wow. as the, the, you know, the centre yes. of world sport because mm-hmm. that's what we do as Melbourneites. We, we turn up. We're there. We, we, we are like that. Um, we were pretty quiet at the MCG for the one-day game Australia. That was just after the World Cup. That was a Tuesday. They've had some awkward scheduling, some afternoon games the Stars have been hosting at the MCG. No wonder no one turns up. No one knew the game was going to be starting at four in the afternoon. Now's the opportunity. This is the one that your kids, take them to there, create a memory at the MCG by yep. going and setting it. A, a reminder came onto my phone a, a bit earlier. Um, seven years ago, I sat there just as a spectator and enjoyed it with, with my son, my wife, and, and some other friends and all that. There was 80,000 people for Melbourne Stars. Admittedly, yep. they had the women's big bash lead into it. I thought that worked really well. It was a great, not a curtain raiser. It was a great game in its, on its own. Uh, uh, that was a derby. And then they went into another derby. It was unbelievable. So if it's an opportunity for anyone, just get there. Travel in, enjoy it. You know you're going to get a seat. Let's get a serious crowd and show why, why Melbourne support their sport and support their teams. Bryce McGowan will be on Sports Day later on today, bookending the day. And then tomorrow night, he and I will be at the MCG for the Renegades and the Stars. Looking forward to that and hopefully a big crowd. Bryce, we'll speak to you soon, my friend. You bet. Have a ripper morning, boys. Test cap number 410, Bryce McGain. Uh, tonight on Big Bash Nation, you'll hear the Hobart Hurricanes and the Adelaide Strikers. When we come back, we'll tidy up the hour and continue with our New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs on Mornings SEN. Mornings on SEN. Sam Hargraves and Josh Jenkins with you. Uh, Dan Bredig has just retweeted a tweet that he sent out on the 27th of December that read Foxtel News Corp and 7 are closing in on a status quo broadcast rights deal with Cricket Australia under which the highest bid of Paramount will be left out in the cold in much the same way as happened with the AFL rights. He's just retweeted that saying, this is done. Men's white ball games will stay paywalled. Seven get digital rights to air games on seven plus. Highest bidders, Paramount locked out. So uh, according to reports, it was about a $1.4, $1.5 billion offer from Paramount and Channel 10 to exclusively hold the rights uh, to have it behind uh, the Paramount Plus paywall, but also on free-to-air with 10. Um, They have been um, uh, kept out of this one, Josh Jenkins. And from what Dan Bredick says, one of the biggest criticisms we get is for people who can't get some of the white ball cricket on free-to-air, but that looks like it'll continue on uh, for the next deal as it has for this deal. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess you got to um, really have a look at the details around that, the money and where that goes, and the distribution and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it's always been a frustration, hasn't it, for, for 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 those of us? And I was like that when I was young, not having access to to uh, to the white ball cricket at different stages is frustrating, and it looks like some of that frustration will continue. When we continue, the New Year's resolutions will do so as well. And you can call one 736 736 to give us your clubs back after this on Mornings SEN. Mornings on SEN. Absolutely chuffed to be with you on this New Year's public holiday. Uh, happy New Year's. Happy Monday. Wonderful to have you on board. SEN Morning, Sam Hargraves and Josh Jenkins to take you through the next couple of hours uh, and we are not even halfway through our New Year's resolutions for all 18 teams. You can get yourself involved on mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now by calling the 
the EFS open lines, delivering simple freight solutions. Uh, 04, uh, sorry, 1300 736 736. You can text in on the 40 Winks temper text, 0433 98 11 16. Consumer choice winner temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Josh Jenkins' personal um, New Year's resolution, JJ, <laughs> is to learn to tie a tie. Uh, John oh, has texted yes. in saying when I was at Girton Grammar in the 70s, that's a school I went to in Bendigo, actually, uh, we had to tie Windsor Knot and wear a blazer. A good skill we learnt. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, imagine having to wear a blazer and, 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 tie, and wear a tie every day to school. It had its drawbacks, I'll admit. Yeah. Um, no, it's definitely. My other one is to um, – now, I uh, have – I was paid to be, uh, or part of my job as a uh, athlete was to run. I'm a very bad long distance slow runner, so my other um, goal this year is to be able to run a half marathon. So just starting that process now, and uh, the end goal, the or the goal, seems a long way in the distance. Let me assure you. Mm. I had two, um, and and this is one that everybody has, but because I've just become a father, so uh, Charlie Bear is about to turn about six months old. And right. Gee, uh, really? Already? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, but I'm I'm an old dad. So when he turns 21, I'll be 62. So I need to oh, sort of make sure that I'm around as long as possible. So general health and fitness need to be addressed and uh, sharpish. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, so that. I need to get really, really in tune with uh, what the needs of my body will be to last uh, as long as I possibly can on this earth. Of course. Um, uh, I'm just Sam, I can't let you, you, you carry on because you mentioned I looked up the most popular New Year's resolutions yeah. on planet Earth. Yeah, and number one was oh, well, let's count back five. Four, how many have I got there? I've got four. Uh, quit smoking was in there. Mm. Spend less and save more was one. Mm. Learn, uh, exercise more. Yep. Lose weight was number one across the world. Everyone says I need to exercise more and lose weight. So congrats to you. You are with the remainder of the population. <laughs> you are unoriginal. <laughs> you are doing what everyone else yeah. says they're doing. But there's a reason. I feel like there's a, a purpose to it now. Um, because I'm going to be, when, when he goes to school, they'll sort of be asking, is that his dad or his grandpa? So I'll, oh, no. you know, oh, no. so to be around as long as possible, I've just got to get the body mm. tuned up a, a little bit. The other one for me, though, is, and this is a really simple, well, it's not simple, but it's a small thing, but just to sort out my phone. And what I mean by that is, so I've got six pages of apps, which I'm trying to group together in certain categories of app to, to, to better you. Right. We've got an app for the kid that everything we do for Charlie gets entered into this app. And it's, it's the, on the last page of apps. So every time the beautiful Evie asks me to enter it in, she gets really annoyed watching me swipe through like seven times to right. get to the last page of apps to open up the app. So I'm trying to streamline my phone because when you look at it, you'll see that there's 77 unread texts, 991 unread emails combined with my work and Hotmail and 18 unlistened to voice messages. And that drives her insane as well. She can't comprehend yeah, that. That's, um, I was going to say, well, that uh, the, sorting the apps will take you, well, that'll be a 20-minute job. So no, you it's, should, um, it's taken me several sh- hours so far. You should uh, you should be able to have that under control. But the unread stuff and unlistened to stuff, that's... Um, I mean, some people would say that's just rude, but um, <laughs> others would say it's... it's uh, it's just disorganised, so um, I'll, I'll let you work out which side of the fence you uh, land on with a that. A little column A, maybe a little column B. <laughs> <laughs> um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six EFS open line, delivering simple freight solutions. Uh, 0433981116 on the 40 Winks temper text. Before we continue um, with our uh, New Year's resolutions for all 18 clubs, Jason 
text through his for Fremantle. We finished up Freo a little while ago, but a yes. fit Nat Fife and Matt Taberner and a breakout year for Josh Tracy. Uh, that's from Sid, actually, in Meckering. Um, so that would mean that if we've done uh, Fremantle, then we yeah, are we've now... we've a couple off. Yeah, we're, we've we just kind of slowly Sydney been... off as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. We, we'll just readdress that when we get have to. But uh, let's start with Geelong. Now, given that uh, you're part of the setup there, I'm curious to see what you've come uh, up with. Well, I'm hopeful that a couple of the new acquisitions... Uh, and this year, the acquisitions were all young, Brilliant. as opposed to past seasons with your Isaac Smiths and Sean Higginses and those types, where they've been a little uh, older. I'm hopeful that um, you know a Bruin or a Ollie Henry or uh, Jack Bowes or a Jai Clark can be uh, the 2023 version of Sam DeConing. Now that is asking a fair bit, mm-hmm. but I was bullish this time last year, and people just. Uh, I fobbed it off as Geelong bias. But when you take out older guys and you put in some young guys who have got growth and have got enthusiasm, which you can't buy, Sam, good things can happen. So uh, a lot of the knockers, again, will say, you know, well, you're even older again, these guys. But if a Henry or a Bruin or a Bose or someone like that jumps up and takes a position, Joel Selwood's position uh, per se, then good things can happen. I was trying to think of a song uh, that might encapsulate this feeling I have for Geelong or this desire I have for Geelong. Um, Tom Petty won't back down. It's too simple. The Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction. They shouldn't want and should not accept any satisfaction for what they did last year. So Chris Scott won a flag in 2011 without the best player in the game when they lost Mm. Gary Ablett. See if he can go again and win it without the best cat of all time. Now, people will argue oh. that, but whether it's Polly Farmer or, or, or Gary Ablett Sr. or but see, it's if, the most, if, most credentialed cat. The of most all time, credentialed cat of all time. Mm. Chris Scott won one without Ablett, and people said, well, you can't win a flag without Gary Ablett Jr. See if you can win one now without Joel Selwood, who steps up for, into his leadership void, who steps up to play his role. Um, I, I would think that given how long it took to get back to the big dance and then to win one. Um, obviously, they lost in 2021, but um, or 2020, rather. Um, to to not be satisfied, I think, mm. would be my want, my New Year's resolution for, for John. Because you're right, they clocked trade week. No one will, yeah, ever, well. <laughs> no one will ever win a trade week uh, and, a, and, a, and a draft period and an off-season like Geelong Well, did. hang on. I gave that award to the Lions, so you're giving it to the Cats, uh, which is fair enough because we've got... Close second uh, the Lions. They did brilliantly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, a good, it was a good period, particularly, I guess, as I mentioned when we started this conversation about the Cats. Um, we've seen them go down the path of guys who are 30 or, or above. Now, that's mm. helped yield them a premiership, so all those decisions are justified. Uh, but now we see them get young guys, second and third year players and uh, and get themselves in the top 10 of the draft, which was a masterstroke as well. So uh, that should give Cats fans uh, who maybe think that they, they can't win the Premiership again. Now, I'm not sure why you'd think that, but if you do, you should have plenty of confidence in the fact that we'll win two, three, four years when these players are, are the cornerstones of the club, then they'll again be in great hands. Yeah, and that, that should be the exciting thing for, for the Cats fans because the players they brought in are... I mean, Ollie Henry is a proven commodity. I mean, Jack Ginevan came along in a way and then the Ford line sort of developed in a way that meant that Johnson was the option uh, ahead of him. But 
this is a guy who, once he got over his goal-kicking yips, won a couple of games off his own boot uh, for the Pies. Mm. Um, Tanner yep. Broon is, we think, could be... I mean, he's not going to be a big-bodied mid, but he's going to be a fast uh, outside player with he, beautiful uh, foot skills. Looks... And I think Jack Bowes is a player. Yeah, um, Bruins the one who, again, you know, we're, we're talking about drills and mm. non-contact. And Bruins the one who, who um, I must admit, I know next to nothing about. I just hadn't seen him play much and haven't really scouted him. And um, he's the one who, I love the way he moves and he, he looks like he kicks the ball really, really well. Again, against no opposition, under no pressure. But um, he's the one who, who I probably didn't know much about who's mm. been most impressive thus far. And Sam DeConing might be a, a nice uh, early prediction for All-Australian honours if he continues on uh, yes, in indeed. the vein that, that he has been. Uh, I like this off the text, JJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in officer might just win the day for me here. It's almost time for the new year, new me, BS. Well, I'd like to ensure everyone that I will remain the same lovable A-word <laughs> that I've always been. Daz in officer. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's the most accurate, isn't it? Most of us will yeah. probably just remain very, very yeah. similar. Uh, some will, you know, some will get inspired. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've really got the bug for for this uh, long distance running at the moment, and um, mm. hopefully that keeps up. But as soon as I get the flu or something, I'll probably just give up. Yeah, I, I would. What would you hazard a guess that the ratio of realised resolutions? Oh, mate. Are, <laughs> I'm going to say ten percent. I'm going to say 0.8%. <laughs> Is that that low for you? Yes, yeah. I, well, I think most pe- I think I think half the population now uh, uh, despise New Year's resolutions. I'm not. I'm not yeah. giving you that. I'm not doing that. So um, I think we're already down to half the population before we even get those who want to get involved. If uh, here's uh, as we have the time to sort of meander through and 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 let the conversation go where it may. If you have stuck to a significant one. Like, we, you've read out the, the ones that everybody rolls out, and one of those is one that I'm rolling out. But if you've actually put something quite unique up on your vision board or uh, in your New Year's resolution sphere, well, and you've, and you've realised it, I'd love to hear about that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Sorry, Sam, people need to know the number. Otherwise, how will they get in contact with us? That's a good point. Um, I I think um, if you quit smoking on the first of January one year and you've never smoked again, that is a that is an very amazing impressive. achievement. That yeah. is a very good achievement. So those types, if you can do that, then uh, well done to you. A for quitting smoking and giving yourself mm. a chance at a longer, healthier life. But B saving the money because I heard how much a packet of cigarettes was the other day, and oh. I nearly fell over. Yep. Yep. Ex- ex- as exorbitant an item as you will find. The oh, other one, too, I, had, I had a mate of mine though who, who um, decided he was going to not not drink and just see how long he could go. And that was yeah. that was his news resolution. Just see how long I can go. That was six years ago. He still hasn't had. A, he still has not had a sip. I, Andrew Gaze did that from his um, birthday. Mm. The day <laughs> he was born, he said, "I'm not going to drink," and he's still going. Yeah. Yeah, fifty something years later. So, um, yeah, oh, there's a few like that. So let us know. Let us absolutely yep. know because I'll be fascinated and I want to give you a, the congratulations you deserve. Oh four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Let us know. You just woke up on January the first, gave something up, and you've never gone back. Uh, and thank you to all the old dads, the older dads that are uh, texting through. Um, <laughs> Gary says I'll be seventy five when my daughter is twenty one. Keeps me young and healthy. Uh, yep. Walter says. 
So you already know, Walter, that you're um, you're a, an older gentleman because Walter's not so much associated with the younger crew there. I'd love to meet a young... Who's the youngest Walter out there as well? Um, <laughs> hey, Sam, I'm going to be in the same boat next year. My daughter is turning 21 and I'll be 63. The key is fitness, as you'll still be able to keep up with your 20-something-year-old child and transition into uh, lower bearing training such as cycling or swimming and stretching your muscles. The bonus to good training regime at this age allows you to keep ahead of the pack. Walter, that's a great message. The other one that um, you've got to keep doing JJ's weights, they say, if you, you know, cause that wards off, uh, help ward off osteoporosis, things like that. Yeah. So as you're getting older, yeah. don't forget the weights either. So things oh, like Pilates gee. are good for the flexibility and the, the, um, the stretching. That's important. Uh, flexible body, flexible mind, and then uh, do I, I the weights said. as well. My dad said I haven't picked up a weight since I finished, so I... <laughs> I you don't, know, you don't really need that, though. That's that. Well, you're saying it's good for the uh, good for the uh, osteoporosis and all those types of things. Well, I need to get stuck in because, um, yeah, weights is... I, I never liked doing weights playing footy, so as soon as I... So you didn't, didn't like running, you didn't like weights. Where, where did you shine in the preseason? Well, now you know why I was <laughs> such a bludger every second week. I uh, couldn't string a couple of good games together because... I just didn't like weights and I didn't like running and uh, yeah, that's most of footy to be honest. Uh one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight uh eleven sixteen. Uh we'll continue on with the all eighteen teams resolution on the other side of this on mornings SEN. Mornings on SEN. Welcome back to Mornings on SEN. Sam Hargroves and Josh Jenkins with you for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. JJ, a couple of texts before we re-embark on our uh, news resolutions for the all, uh, all 18 clubs. Uh, my new, uh, this one is a good one. I, uh, from Warwick in Berwick. Smoked 30 a day for 25 years. Then Jan 1st, 2003, I stopped, never touched one since. That's an incredible effort. Yeah, that is. That's what we were looking for because I knew there'd be a couple of people who are strong-willed and then realised, what the heck was I doing in the first place? Uh, and then Lee, off the text, uh, says, I've given up the Renegades. Uh, he's a long-suffering Renegades fan. He's Lee and we'll have no more of it. Um, we're up to the Gold Coast Suns, JJ. Uh, New Year's resolution for the Gold Coast Suns. What have you got? Uh, the Gold Coast Suns. Now, let me scroll to G. Uh, as strong at the end as they've been at the beginning. They have teased us for too yes. long with these uh, early season fireworks and then through injury and probably again, and I've, I've, I have really uh, laboured the point, but the smaller, younger bodies have mm. gotten tired and injured and things have fallen by the wayside. So maybe I'm putting it on the coaching staff to get creative and say, uh, a little geelong but in a different manner. Let's look at the season in its totality and how can we be at our strongest toward the back half of the year rather than you know getting off to a 3-1 and one start but then losing eight of the next ten, those types of things. So that is uh, my wish for the sunshine, boys. Yeah, rebuild and then re-sign Ben King. I know he is signed till the end of 2024, but rebuild him and then re-sign him uh, as quickly as you can. Um not necessarily for as long as you can. Um, Susan has texted in, Hi, Sam and Josh. Surely a New Year's resolution for all 18 clubs would be not to sign to long-term multi-million dollar contracts. No contract should be more than four years max. Enjoying the show, Susan. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm a little bit like Kane when it comes to those long, long-term deals for bulk dollars. Um, but, yeah, rebuild and re-sign Ben King. That would be it for me. 
Marby Ochoa and Levi Casbolt did a great job, and yeah, I'm really excited, not, with all due respect yeah. to Levi, I'm really excited to see what Ben King and Marby Ochoa looks like. Um, obviously, yeah. it's going to hurt with no Isaac Rankin, who did have a very good year. Uh, high score involvements, high goal assists when he wasn't kicking them himself, but who can step into that Roll. Um, yeah, different gravy, Ben King. Again, with the greatest respect to Chol and to uh, Levi. I think they should. I, sh- I think they should have a look at playing three of them to start the season. Because how would that work? Chol's a Chol's not a crow's tw- about it. Well, yeah, kind of. There's teams that have played like Brisbane have done it, yep. and I know we've argued that they've looked better without. But they've they're so different. They're Chol mm. and and King are dynamic athletes. Yep. Chol is a. Uh, sort of a, a hybrid forward who just happens to be 202 centimetres. Yep. Uh, he kicked a lot of goals um, in general play and running back toward goal and all those types of things last year. So, And he can play as the genuine second ruck option. King's a lead out full forward. He'll, he'll, um, he's good at ground level and Casbolt will be able to crash the packs for them and certainly ease King back into things. So I'd love to see them start the season with all three. All right, so that's the Gold Coast Suns, and yeah, finals that they they still you know need to get into September. Yeah, um, that duck. Yeah, yeah, that's key. That is key for them. What about the Giants? New Year's resolution for the GWS Giants um, have got a new coach. Uh, they've lost yeah. Taranto and Hopper uh, as the exodus. We see there's always a couple that go each and every year, but they drafted really well uh, again, including the number one pick, Aaron Cadman. What's your New Year's resolution? For the Giants, um, I, I I feel I feel a bit rude saying it, but relevance. I'm a bit worried for their relevance in 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 the uh, west of Sydney. You know what they've they've even said some things which has me uh, sort of querying and worried and concerned about what it looks like in terms of being on an even playing field. Because I heard Jason McCartney say, and I've spoken to people. Um, you know, sort of on air and off air about the fact that they truly now believe they can't draft certain players because of the fact that they don't want to be in Western Sydney, and that yep. is a, that is as big a concern as you can have mm. for a footy club. So uh, to 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 be able to maintain uh, a level of relevance to make them look attractive to players, uh, you know, if you can't if you can't draft players and and get them in from day one and have them love the place, how can you possibly expect to attract players who who know what it's like elsewhere? So, um, yeah, there's a there's a there's a concern for them in that sense in terms of how they're going to go on the field. That's also I'm not that, that's a real they're the biggest TBC for me of the whole competition. I'm just not sure what to expect from them. Yeah, you raised some great points in that. Um, the ability to attract and retain players, I feel they have that challenge more than any team uh, in the competition. Um, so, how, what? How do you address that? What do you do at your footy club? Is it you know? What is it? The facility? Is it the you know the family environment? Is it what is it that is going to keep people there? And I suppose going deeper in your interview process, like they said they were in the draft, is to make sure that who they find uh, wants to stay and what the priorities are for someone's career do you like the anonymity that will come with the giants you know are you do you have to live in a coastal location or you know there's beautiful places along the river that stretch all the way out uh into the west of sydney so what are your priorities in life and then in Mm. football they're gonna have to go a lot deeper than any other club i think so yeah um so there's a big job for the players of the senior players jj that are still there to make sure that once you step into that environment you just never ever want to leave it and they, yeah, and uh, that's 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 sounds easy, and not just uh, because you paid a ton to be there, which has been how they've yeah. had to keep players. 
Yeah, and that's cost them because they've yep. been bursting at the seams and they've lost players who they no doubt would have liked to have kept because they just simply couldn't afford them. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of I had to sort of bring that point up and speak about that because I uh, I believe it, but it's um it's one I wish they didn't have to deal with. And I'm only saying it because I've heard them mm. speak about it. Mine is care for Cadman. So I've heard reports already, and, and other people are doing these things that we're doing, the news resolutions, and saying, make Aaron Cadman the face of your organisation right now and play him and play him and play Just be Just be careful. What we know about young key forwards, yep. and you were one, so I, I shouldn't – this is your, spe- your, your expertise, not mine. Bodies take longer to mature. Bone density takes, you know, 22, 23 studies have shown that now. So, yes, you want to put him out there and put him up in lights and, and – and, and, really make a big deal of, of what you've got here in this number one pick who has drawn comparisons to the key forward you lost in Jeremy Cameron, but just cotton wool. Care yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, wait, be patient. What, what's oh. it, you, you know this because you're a young key forward and you've seen it and worked with a ton of them and you yeah, do so well, now. So am I on the money there or am I way off the mark? Um, you are on the money. It's horses for courses, but you are on the money. Now, uh, the chal- the I guess the issue is um, Jeremy Cameron was a slightly built key forward who just mm. completely burst onto the scene and was mm. kicking fifty and sixty in a team that was 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 terrible and getting blown away. Mm. Um, yeah, but I do agree. You've got to protect him uh, for every Jeremy Cameron. There's a Jack Watts who who gets yep. sort of thrown into the to, to the system and 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 he's not physically ready for the for for what's about to get thrown at him. Uh, Cadman's going to come up against... He'll be more talented than pretty much everyone he plays on, but he'll have far, far less idea of how to use your body and mm. how the game is played and what to expect and how physical to be. So um, every time he plays this year, it's likely he's going to be outmatched and outgunned when it comes to f- the physical side of the game. So that's that's tough for him. Maybe his talent will be just so far mm. superior that he can make things happen and do some things. But I do agree, they'll have to look after him. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Glenn in Berwick, stay there. On the other side of the news with Anna, we want to hear your story. You've got a news resolution that you were able to keep. We're happy for you to share those as well on mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. News time with Anna. Thank you, Anna. Uh, off the Forty Winks Temper Tech, Sam. Name one person who said Cadman needs to be the face of GWS. What nonsense! Uh, well, five double eight. I can't name the person because it was staff writers who wrote it in a particular article. Now, it hasn't come from the club, as I said. It was articles that I had read where people were saying that they need to make him the face of the organisation. But thank you for your text. Greatly appreciated. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you'd like to get involved at any point uh, of the day for mornings, and then as we go into afternoons as well, Josh Jenkins, Sam Hargraves, with you until one o'clock before we hand over to the SEN track team. Uh, Glenn's in Berwick. G'day, Glenn. G'day, fellas. Uh, great show. Thank you. Just under just under 47 years ago, we had our third child, and I said to the wife, this smoking's stupid. She said, we can't afford to pay a $1.50 a packet each. I'm not going to smoke anymore, and I haven't since. 47 years ago? Yeah. That's a great effort, Glenn. If you don't mind me asking, how many a day were you? 25, 30 a day. Mate, that's a, a resolution well realised and credit to you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you ringing up to share that with us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to do so as well, on the open line for EFS, delivering simple freight solutions. So on the McCafe menu, we're working through the 
New Year's resolutions for all 18 teams ahead of season 2023. A little bit ahead of time, but we've got plenty of time today, JJ. We're um, just over halfway through our stint today and um, so engrossing has the conversation been yeah. in our own work that we're only mm. up to Hawthorne. So what's, what's your New Year's resolution for the Hawks? Um, we need to be able to see the light for the Hawks. They've offloaded plenty of uh, uh, experience and success. Sam Mitchell and his team clearly have a have a have their own plan and one that they think is going to take some time. But uh, any club, not Hawthorne, because they're being a strong club and they've been successful. But any club, you don't want to experience the years that we saw with North Melbourne last year. You know, basically. Every time you go and watch your team play, you think you can't win. That's not a situation uh, fans want to be in. And uh, a lot there's a lot of naysayers about Hawthorne. I haven't, to be honest, spent enough time having a look at their squad and who they do have rather than who they've let go to know whether they might be in that situation. But, um, you know, hearing a lot of people say that they will be. And uh, I think all you want is... You know, okay, we can accept that we're going to go backwards a fair way, but we want to be able to see the path forward, not we're backwards and we're stuck. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot's been made about the thousand games of experience or so they've gone and, you know, losing O'Meara and Mitchell, Mitchell, a Brownlow medalist, but they were 18th, they were the 18th ranked midfield in the competition anyway. So the alarmists, yep. uh, I sort of think, are maybe too much so. And my news resolution is peace and quiet, which won't happen because there is still the result of something very serious that needs to be worked through and, um, and mediated uh, and, yep. and, a, and a fair result for all parties to be achieved. But some peace and quiet, which they'll get now after the, uh, the most recent election. But also, too, don't jump at shadows. Like, yeah, they've accepted yep. they're going to have a down year. All they have to do is play a brand that is exciting enough to keep people coming, even though when they think, well, we're probably not going to win, but it'll be fun to watch. Um, it'll, mm-hmm. be, it'll be exciting to see as they go with the kids. Um, don't jump at shadows that will be created by those saying Sam Mitchell's job might be under pressure if they can't get a win. Don't listen to any of that. Dermot Burton spoke before that boards get jittery when they start to read certain things and, and, and look yeah, at certain yeah. things and then they start to question their own decisions and next thing you know, you've got another second-year coach being shown the door yeah. um, because we thought we had a long-term plan, but then we um, yeah just got cold got feet. And, we got swayed, yeah. yeah. We listened to the noise and that's yeah. why they say keep the noise out. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you what, they, they can take some heart from uh, the Hawthorne performance early in the year going to Adelaide and beating Port Adelaide. The best display of, uh, of field kicking and skills I've seen or I saw last season. So that is, that is an area of the game. And you say that teams like to play like their coaches. Well, Sam Mitchell could kick the ball. So if he can teach his players to kick the ball, it's a good start. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll just put a pin in the New Year's resolutions for just a moment because one of the stars of the Heat performance last night... Uh, um, in emphatic fashion, um, Heat got their second win of the season. One of the main reasons why Nath McSweeney is going to join us on the other side of this on Mornings SEN. Mornings on SEN. Whoa. Well, I spoke too soon. <laughs> oh, what a massive six. Sweeney down to long on. It's over long on and got the six. Oh, Jimmy Pearson's just gone. Oh, that's McSweeney, I should say. Just whacked that over. Mid off. For another six. Wow, he moves to 77. 84 of 51 balls. That's what Nath McSweeney was able to dish up last night. He's only played a handful of games before this one, but he set up 
uh, Brisbane's innings alongside second gamer Josh Brown, uh, who was the player of the match after just uh, rolling out eight fours. And uh, in fact, he rolled out six sixes uh, in his innings as well. Uh, 62, I reckon it was off very, very little. But we've been lucky enough to get on the phone to Nath McSweeney after the Brisbane Heat got their second win of BBL 12. Nath, hello to you. How you going, guys? Thanks for having me. No, well, thanks for jumping on. And, and and for Brisbane Heat fans out there, I'm sure they'd like us to say thanks for your innings. Um, you've taken that opportunity that presented itself with both hands. And how uh, personally satisfied with you? Uh, how personally satisfied uh, were you last night with what you were able to put out there? Yeah, um, uh, lucky that uh, uh, Matt Renshaw got picked for the Test squad, and and Wade Second, the coach, told me that I was in uh, the day before, so. Yeah, I was a little bit um, nervous uh, leading into yesterday, but yeah, it was great to have the best seat in the house for Josh Brown's innings, and then yeah, to be able to get a few out of the middle at the back end was really nice. Uh, Josh Jenkins here, Nathan. Congrats on your on your performance. How, how what sort of a mindset did you have going in? Clearly, uh, as you said, you didn't have a lot of uh, foresight in terms of your selection, but how quickly were you able to? Uh, get your head around that, and then and then what sort of mindset did you have when you were going out to uh, to the crease? Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to play uh, uh, plenty of great cricket with um, Josh Brown uh, for Northern Suburbs District Cricket Club up here in Brisbane. So I kind of knew how he went about it, and at the start of my innings, I was just trying to feed in the strike as much as I can because he was hitting the ball out of the park. So, and then by that time, um, I faced a few balls and and was able to, um, you know, I was in and got used to the conditions, and I was able to. Yeah, as I said, uh, find the middle of that a few times, which is um, yeah, which is nice. Uh, which 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 form of the game seems to come most naturally to you, or which form of the game do you enjoy most? Um, definitely uh, shield cricket. Four day cricket is probably what my games. Um, I mean, based around. Uh, yeah, hopefully one day want to um, you know play for Australia in that format, which which would be the dream. Um, yeah, so T20 cricket, I had to work on um, really hard over the last couple of years to try and, you know, work out a plan and, and um, how I want to go about it. Um, so much work to do, but slowly feeling a little bit more comfortable in this format. And you made your maiden first-class century earlier this year. You, your state cricket, you play for South Australia. So uh, personally, um, it's been a, a pretty pleasing 12 months or so, I would have thought, Nath. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's great to get an opportunity um, down there in South Australia, and and now I've played a handful of games, as you said. Uh, feel getting comfort- more comfortable every game I play, and hopefully just keep the ball rolling at the moment. And talk to us about the the Brisbane Heat so far this year. So second win, it's it's a new era because it's the the the, the post Chris Lynn era, the number one run scorer, six hitter in BBL history, and he's been the central figure really since almost day one. Um, for the Brisbane Heat was part of their title that they won. I think it was BBL 2. Um, how has the squad, do you think, adjusted to life without him? And, and what's the, the new direction like under Coach Wade Second? Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Linny was unbelievable for us for, for many years. Um, and, and, and with the group now, we've got a lot of, lot of new guys. We've got three international batters that have come in. Um, to try and fill that, fill that role that Linny had. Um, and I guess there was there's no showing away that we needed we needed a win last night and and there was we were feeling a little bit of the pressure um, that we haven't been going that well uh, as well as we would have liked. So I think hopefully now we've we've uh, you know we've 
looked quite good in the last couple of games at the bat at least. And, and I think if we can just, as a batting group, if we can keep putting score on the board and we've got great bowlers, Michael Nasser and, and Mark Stecky with the new ball, I think we can win a, a lot more games. Uh, Nathan, you, you play the Sixers again on Wednesday and this BBL schedule is pretty hectic. There's a lot to travel, of course, as well involved in that. There's training, I presume, somewhere in there. Yeah. There's hopefully yeah. some downtime as well. How do you find the, the, the scheduling overall? Is, is, there a, is there a balance or a good enough balance in there from your point of view? Do you get enough downtime? Are there, are there, are there set um, days off like they have in the AFL? How does it all work from that perspective? Yeah, um, yeah, it is a fairly busy. Um, for me, I, I just want to keep playing cricket, and I, I love playing cricket. I kind of can't sit still anyway. So for me, it's not too bad. And um, and for the bowlers, they get you know the optional sessions if they're feeling a little bit sore. Um, you know, our um, strength and conditioning coach and physios all manage manage their bodies. Um, but yeah, it's a quick turnaround down at North Sydney Oval, which is probably the smallest oval um, a big bash game's been played on. So. Hopefully many more uh, Josh Brown sixes would be nice. Uh, Nathan McSweeney with us from the Brisbane Heat. I'm going to ask you about Josh Brown in just a minute. But Michael Neitz's catch, when you yeah. saw him take it, did you think automatically, oh, no, no, that's that won't be given? Or did you know the rule and go, oh, how good, that's out? Yeah, well, I remember um, watching on TV a few years ago when Matt Renshaw did it mm. uh, at the Gabba. Um, so I, it, doesn't, it, didn't, it doesn't look right, Um Live, you're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. But then, um, when you watch it on the TV, you're like, yeah, that's that's actually out. Um, it's yeah, for for a lot of people out there, um, like fielding wise, I would have just probably given up on the play. Ness obviously loves the uh, loves the rule book, and he, he knew he knew the rules, and and yeah, he was able to pull off the catch, which at the end of the day, yeah, probably. Definitely got us over the line because uh, Jordan said was stacking them everywhere. Nath McSweeney calls Michael Nisa a cricket nerd. No, just kidding. Uh, so, uh, Nath, where has Josh Brown been? 29 years of age, it's his second game, and he took apart the attack that uh, was runners-up in the BBL last year, the second most successful franchise in BBL history. He took to them like they were grade cricketers. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said before, I've been lucky to see uh, Josh Brown go about it the last probably three, three, four years at, at Norse where I, I play club cricket with him. Um, he's yeah, quite amazing the fact that he he can just hit six from ball one and um, it's just so good to see him get an opportunity and, and take it with both hands like he did last night. I think a lot of guys in the Brisbane grade uh, cricket circle, um, you know, knew what Josh, uh, what Brownie could do and um, and they'd be so stoked for him as well. Well, Nathan, thanks so much for being with us uh, on SEN. Congratulations on what the team were able to do last night, what you personally were able to. Uh, as I said, it's been a great 12 months for you and good luck in the rest of your, your cricket journey. Let's hope it continues to go from strength to strength. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Nathan McSweeney from the Brisbane Heat. They've got the Sixers again on Wednesday, uh, this time uh, on the Sixers' home deck. You won't miss a moment of that on Big Bash Nation. Sam Hargraves, Josh Jenkins with you on mornings for the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now.